Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. And this week, we're going way beyond the M62, aren't we? We are. You excited? Are very excited. Is this one of the best weeks in the Rugby League calendar? It's the build-up to the Challenge Cup final. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I love the Challenge Cup. Like the Pesh Mode, just can't get enough. A little bit, yeah, but probably more. <clears throat> I just... Um, well, it's great, I think, because, I mean, when I was young, when the Wembley was the real showpiece of the, of the season. It was bigger than the league. It was bigger than anything. It was the biggest game in rugby league. Yeah. Um, and I've always sort of had that sort of feeling about it and, and that, that excitement about it when it, when it comes round. Yeah, I I I love it. Um, you know, even all the there's no amateur games scheduled for this weekend and stuff either because you know everybody wants to to watch it and I've just always enjoyed it and you know always enjoyed going to Wembley and you know having great memories there and yeah, and just you know there are other things to talk about this week. So we're gonna I was gonna say gloss over them, but we're not glossing over them, are we? We're just sort of like cutting those a little bit shorter than usual so that we can concentrate on our Wembley edition, because we've got two very special guests lined up, haven't we? We have. Um, <clears throat> one is familiar to us, who, uh, which is Gray. Uh, it's Graham Hall, who's done the uh, uh, the specials with us, and he's he's representing St. Helens tonight, isn't he? He is. Uh, Gray's representing Saints. And then, uh, from the world of Twitter, a uh, very popular character uh, is Mr. Offbeat, which is uh, Offbeat Rugby League. Um, now, Offbeat wants to remain anonymous because that's how he wants his account, which is quite all right with us, isn't it? So we're going to call him Offbeat, and, off, and he's, uh, he's a Cass fan. He is a Cass fan, and he will be giving us uh, the Castleford point of view um, for this week, won't he? He certainly will. He'll be giving us the lowdown on all things Cass. So uh, we've got that to look forward to. Um, so I think it's, um, it's, a, it's a very upbeat pod, I think, tonight. It is. Which so, has made a dramatic change from the last couple of weeks. A welcome change. It is. I can tell. I can see you're all giddy. I am giddy. <laughs> <laughs> I am giddy. Because I, I tell you what, right, I'll tell you what, and I know you've said it, so I'm going to get it in before you do. The Challenge Cup itself <laughs> is, without question, the nicest trophy in sport. I've always said that. It's the best-looking trophy in any sport. And... And you said to me, didn't you? Name something that's that's as nice. And we struggled, didn't we? There's a couple of nice ones in that. Wimbledon men's. I, like, I quite like the that gold one. one with yeah. the, why has it got pineapple on top? That I don't know. That's something for you to find out. Yeah, but uh, that one's nice. That one is nice. Um, the Ryder Cup, I think, is quite nice. Yeah, the FA Cup's quite iconic, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, it is. It's a beautiful trophy, isn't it? The, the Challenge Cup. Yeah. By far the best one. So, but before we get on to that, we have got some usual business to take care of, haven't we? We have in the NRL. Yeah, only four matches this week. Yeah, four matches this week. I, I imagine that's um, to do with Origin, which is uh, tomorrow at the time of recording this. But um, yeah, only four games. There was one every day, wasn't there? So it was still yeah. still good there was some on. We're going to talk about Origin. Yeah, well, I think I think we'll 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 say the the squads and whatnot, and there's a couple of things happened around it, hasn't there? That I think will come up in the news section. Yeah, because that's been the um, 
the dumpest squib of dump squibs, really, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it has this year, yeah. You know, so anyway, let's get back to the NRL then. Uh, let's start off with, uh, and, and, and you say surprising, but I never know whether these scores are surprising now, bearing in mind that they've got origin players out and it's difficult to... Uh, it's difficult to sort of like analyse really, isn't it, without those players in. But um, Sea Eagle 16, Raiders 30. Yeah, the only thing I really wrote down for this um, was that Manly uh, missed their origin players. <laughs> so, because Which is why they lost. Yeah, that's all you can see. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. obviously Turbo Tom's been immense. Yeah, DCE. DCE, who is garbage for Queensland, but seems to be some sort of hero at Sea Eagles. You really don't like him, do you? No, I just, no, I don't. But know. yeah, but uh, yeah, without, um, it, it does make you worry for the Sea Eagles, though, if Trebojevic gets injured at any point. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, I think that, that showed early on in the season, didn't yeah. it? Um, but, yeah, but the Raiders um, storming back to claim sort of 12th place in the league or something. Yeah, they they actually played quite well. Um, they they played some good stuff, and uh, yeah, the, 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 to be honest, I did, I did, couldn't really find that much to say about it apart from that try that they scored where they put the bomb up and it bounced off the Manly Sea Eagles player's head. Um, and I think it was uh, Chris went into to score. Yeah. That was quite funny. I love a good falcon. I've always said you can't catch a ball with the back of your head. No. <laughs> I think Gus Gould said, um, if you let the the ball bounce, you're inviting disappointment into your life. That's what he said. Yeah. Well, he didn't let it bounce. But let it bounce off his head. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Bull, uh, Bulldog 16, Roosters 22. Bulldog making a fight of it this week. They do, and I can never really... With the Roosters, I know they've been winning and, and, and the, a lot of weeks they've won convincingly, but I'm never quite sure where I'm up to with the Roosters and their injuries. Mm. Like, how many people have they actually got out? Because when you see that scoreline, you think, they must have had a lot out. But I'm not sure if they did or not. Yeah, and the Bulldogs seemed a bit more inspired. It's one of those where, well, they, they weren't losing by 30 or 40, so they stuck to the task and mm. got it to 16 all, didn't they, I think? Yeah, and the adv- if you give a team something to fight for, then they tend to up the game a little bit more, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. I thought Lachlan Lewis for the Bulldogs was really good. His yeah. first try with his little uh, chip and chase try. Yeah, um, and then he, he pounced on uh, that mistake from Joseph Manu. Do you know what he did well to stick hold of that? You know, the second one. The second one, yeah. Was it, I think out. it was just a reaction that it ended up in his arms. It could have just as easily been a knock-on, and yeah. he, he did well to keep hold of it and just dive over. He did. And then there was like, I could hear it, because there's no crowds there, you could hear some sort of little squeal in delight. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm like, it's, you know, yeah, raw properly, not like, you know. <laughs> like a greased-up pig or something. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit weird, that. <laughs> And then the other highlight, we need to talk about this because uh, uh, Bri, who was on from six again last week, um, asked us to talk about um, uh, the episode with uh, Sam Walker. Yeah, big talking point, wasn't it? Yeah, do you want to explain to people what happened if they haven't seen the uh, the game? What was the 20 seconds left? Yeah. Um, and the Roosters were camped on the Bulldogs line. Attacking on, their t- on, attacking on the Bulldogs 20, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, and, and it, you get the ball to Sam Walker, who legs it 
90 metres the opposite way to run the clock out um, and then just runs dead when the Utah goes. Yeah, queuing lots of questions about sportsmanship and all sorts the, of The biggest question that was thrown about by the media <clears throat> seemed to be along the lines of uh, genius or unsportsmanlike. Mm. I saw Benji Marshall do it once. A couple of people do it. Benji Marshall did it a few years ago, I remember. The thing is, <clears throat> it probably is unsporting, but he's not actually broke any rules, has he? I haven't got a problem <clears throat> with it. I haven't got a problem with it whatsoever. <laughs> Trent Robinson did not look happy. Yet. Did you see him in his box? He did not look happy. I haven't really got a problem with it. I think that's up to the Bulldogs to, to try and chase him and, and get him. Well, in the press conference after, um, Trent Robinson praised him for being smart. But I don't think he would have praised him behind closed doors. I love Trent Robinson, though. I think he's. I, I think I, he's it great. didn't look like he was going to praise him, did he? No, I think it's one of those where he's come out in public to say something. He's just had to defend his player. But I reckon if you do that position again next week, I don't think he'll do it. He, I, I thought he might have even just gone for a one pointer. Yeah, because with the by the time that he got the ball back to the 20, then the probably game would have been up anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Even if they'd have scored and got the kick, yeah. the game was, would have been if, over. Even if they missed it, yeah. Um, but I personally, I haven't really got an issue with it. seen it done before, maybe not to that extent. Um, my favourite one like that is the Sean Ains score one, though. Um, was it for <laughs> Batley? Is that where Bradford? he boots it? Tries yeah, to boot he, he it out? it back, Dunning, boots it back, <laughs> and it doesn't find Was that touch. against Featherstone? Can't remember. Was it, it against, against. I can't, was it against Featherston? Bullock Shed. If it's if it's Featherston, let us know, please. Um, and it doesn't go dead, does it? And the the winger from the opposition picks it up and scores. Scores and in the last in yeah. the last second. Yeah, that was that was an almighty blunder of blunders. That one, wasn't it? That's my absolute favourite. I agree with you. I think that I think that's absolute different class. That one. Um, yeah, um, I've. Got a question. Okay. What does that do to his stats? Whose stats? Sam Walker. Uh, what do you mean by his stats? Well, does it knock 90 metres off his running stats? All right. <laughs> or does it add him? What happens? He's run backwards. So he hasn't gained any ground. He's lost ground. I don't know. And he's run out of play. So has he, has he lost that? Those grounds off his off his stats. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he'll be bothered. But it's a good question. Thanks. I thought so. Just like, yeah, I just didn't. I didn't understand that one. No. Um. But yeah, there you go. Anyway, but yeah. So bottom line is, he didn't do anything wrong. You love it. I think it's a bit unsporting, but it's funny. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh. Anyway, Rabbitohs forty six. The Cowboys 18. The Cowboys letting us down because you can always rely on them for a close game and they failed miserably, despite two, going two tries up. Two weeks on the trot as well. Yeah. Because they got beat 32-0 last week, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. The only good thing about it, we spoke about Jason Tamalolo and he had a great break for the second try. Yes, he did have a very good... And it was a great yeah, try in the end because they had to throw the ball about after he offloaded yeah, it. Yeah, it was a really good try. Very good try. But... Just collapsed, didn't they? Yeah, um, and you know the rabbit holes without 
Um, Mitchell, Cook, two, and, and Gagai. Alex Johnson on the score sheet, getting another hat-trick, didn't he? Campbell Graham, I can't remember if he played or not, but... Johnson yeah, Johnson got his, his usual hat trick. Yeah, another hat trick. He's just unstoppable at the minute, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He needs a name, doesn't he? Well, like Alex. Uh, no, like the fox. Oh, right. Or the, the giraffe. <laughs> so yeah, but you put me on the keep spot. Calling right? him Alex Johnson or AJ. Or AJ. Something. No, yeah. he needs something better than that. Yeah, we'll try and yeah. If you get any suggestions, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we'll be making one up and it'll be rubbish. <laughs> uh, and finally. The Sharks 20, the Warriors 12. The Warriors annoy me just basically because they're that bad. Yeah, I, I think they've been cut a lot of slack, haven't they, because of the um, sacrifices they've made with not returning to well, New Zealand at any point over the last two years or whatever. Right. Does that does that, and I get what you, and I get that right, but does that make them knock on so many times? No, no, because I'm not I'm not saying I disagree with you. No, I and I I, I can see how it would wear a team down and wear a club down and wear a squad down. I get it, but when you're out in that moment, you've played sport, you've played the game, I've played sport. You don't think about anything else. I don't think in that moment. No, I've never been on a pitch it, and thought. Oh, I wish knock, I was at home. So I'm going to knock on. Yeah. If somebody passes the ball inside to you, you catch it. Mm. But they make so many mistakes. Yeah. So many mistakes. Um, And the best thing I heard on that one was um, on the commentary was when the shark were in for one and the commentator said that was wet paper towel defence from the Warriors. Oh, I did see that. That was that that game. I, I thought think that so. was, was the Roosters one? game. Oh, was it? I think it was the Roosters. Oh, game. Oh, was it? That. Sorry, I got. I, I thought it was that game, and it was a wet paper towel defense. Yeah, it was which the is, Roosters. That's a classic line, though, isn't it? Yeah, it was great. It was when Manu went in for his try because then he dived in and all the water splashed up at him because it had been hammering. That's down. right. Yeah. Do you remember at school though? Like the wet paper towel was the answer to every injury, wasn't it? Yeah. I yeah. Bumped, miss, I bumped my head. Wet paper towel. I've cut my knee. Wet paper towel. I think I broke my ankle. Wet paper <laughs> towel. <laughs> but it was that was yeah. the answer. No, to you're right. It was, <laughs> and it wasn't the it wasn't the answer to the uh, defensive situations of some of these teams. No, the um, the best thing in that Sharks Warriors game was the Hamlin ULA try celebration. The people's elbow. Oh, for the Mossy Masai Fund. Yes, which I didn't know about because I I remember watching. I think it was the Rabbit Holes. Um, Last weekend, um, and I was like, "Why are they celebrating? Like, why? Like, why are they doing all these silly little celebrations after every try?" Um, and I was speaking to Bobby, and he was saying that uh, he loves a bit of wrestling, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, hello, John this, Cena. This hello, was... hello, John Cena. By the way, if you're yeah. listening, um, this um, this was the week before the round just gone. That I'm talking about at the minute. Um, and I was like, why are they doing all these celebrations and things? And anyway, Bobby was saying that um, whoever it was, the betting company over there, um, was saying that for every celebration they did after a try, they would donate something like $5,000 to the Mossy Masai Foundation. Oh, okay. So this is where all the celebrations are coming from. But I didn't learn that till the other day. Right. Um, but that, that 
people's elbow one was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I also thought in that game, Sean Johnson looked really good again. Oh, do you know what? I was just going to say the same thing to you. I thought he looked really good. Um, and it was just a bit of a shock that they've they've let him go. He really has. I mean, if he played like that every week, is he just doing it to prove a point to I don't, them? I don't know, but that's always been the accusation at him that he doesn't turn up every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm not really... I mean, I don't watch him week in, week out like they do, but I've always thought he's been a quality player. But yeah. um, like you say, if you're not watching him every week, you might not see that. Do you want to... Um... Uh, do you want to mention State of Origin three now while we're uh, while we're still in uh, while we're still down under? Uh, yes, we can do. Um, obviously, for this game, um, the location has been changed. Is it back in Queensland? It's back in Queensland. The, it's because of the lock. Is that because of the lockdown in Sydney? Yeah, so it's been moved to the Gold Coast at the Seabus Super Stadium. I don't know where that is, but yeah, you do. I've been there. Is that what it's called now? Yeah. It's at the Titans ground. It's at the Titans, yeah. Right, 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 right. Anyway, that's where it is. It's at the Titans ground now. Right. So is there a crowd there? Um, I don't think so. I don't think... Do I, 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 you know what? I don't know. Right. I know that they've locked down Sydney and stuff, and all the games that I've seen this weekend, there's, there's been no um, no been crowds there. there. But no. looking at the home teams, they're all in Sydney. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not sure whether there is or there isn't in Queensland. Maybe there is if they're not in lockdown. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. the state of affairs is over there properly. But so where are we up to? Because it's a dead rubber. Yes, it is. Uh, but the Blues team list is Tedesco, Toto, Mitchell, Trebojevic, Adokar. Jack Whiten comes in at six uh, because Jerome Luai has got a knee injury. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Moses comes in at seven. Obviously, Nathan Clear is out with his shoulder injury. Uh, Daniel Saifite, Damian Cook, Junior Paulo, Cameron Murray, Tarek Sims, Isaiah Yo, Api Corusau, Angus Crichton, Payne Haas, Liam Martin, Dale Finucane, and Nico Hines has been called up. Oh, I like him. Yeah, I like him. I'm not sure he'll play, but no, he's he's uh, been worthy of a call up. I think hasn't he? Quick question for you. Before you give us the Queensland team, the having two new halves a completely different combination, but the rest of the team is the same. Mm. Is that going to cause an awful lot of disruption to this New South Wales team who've been absolutely fantastic in the first two games? Because um, it's not exactly weak, is it? Whiten and Moses. No, and and Whiten has been there for the first two games as well. Yeah, um, although he, he hasn't played. Or, or featured in the halves, he has been there, and I imagine that's where he's been training. Yeah, for the other two games. So really, it might only be Moses um, who who has been class. But like I say, it's a different kind of seven, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the team's that strong. I don't think it will make that much of a difference. But when you look at one to five and how dominant the pack's been, then yeah, and and, and Fittler obviously knows what he's doing, doesn't he? So yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the um, Blues team, the Maroons. Honga comes back in. Uh, Valentine Holmes, Dane Gagai, Hamiso Tabau Fidau in at centre from the Cowboys. Okay. Uh, Xavier Coates, Cameron Munster, 
Daily Cherry Evans, Christian Welsh, uh, Ben Hunt at nine, Josh Papaliti, Kurt Capewell, Felice Kafusi, Jai Arrow. Actually, Jai Arrow won't be there now. Uh, I'll come on to that in a minute. AJ Brimson, Tino Faasa Malawi, uh, Moeki Fotuaika, David Fafita, Francis Molo, Kurtman, and Thomas Flegler. Okay, I, do, I like. I tell you what, I, I do like Brimson. I really do like Brimson. I like Brimson, but I don't think he gets in ahead of Ponga at fullback. No. So the question is: there is a Ponga. Will there be a party? I think that just applies to club rules. Oh, okay. I don't right. think it applies to state of origin. Right. If he does, though, I'm definitely getting a t-shirt made. So if if Queensland win, we're on the we're we're definitely having no Ponga, no party t-shirts made. Yes. Which I think we should do anyway. We've said that last week. Right. Okay. Um. But in regards to Jai Arrow, Jai Arrow has been um, kicked out of uh, the Queensland camp. Because? Because he brought in a woman um, into the camp, broke the COVID rules and the bubble rules, and has been kicked out. Okay. Um, but to be fair, then I saw a picture of her and I thought, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute worldy. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm still not sure it's worth giving your state of origin place up for. But... Dead rubber, like you said. Yeah, it? okay, yeah. If it one all, it'd have been a bit more serious, you think? Yeah, he might not have done it. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Might not have done it. He's been fined $35,000 and issued a two-game ban. Okay. That's probably a match fee, isn't it? That thirty-five thousand, I would think. Probably. Um, so obviously, that's Orange Three and One South Sydney game. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, State of Origin, before we move on? Uh, no, I think that that about wraps it up. Obviously, they got the location thing, the Jai Arrow um, uh, issue, and uh, the the squads. Okay. That's round about it for State of Origin. Which means it's time for this. It's Aussie Stats of the Week. Yes. Uh, he's got five this week. I'll uh, I'll get the NRL over one. He's only got one for the NRL, so I'll get that over with first. Um, and it's about, we mentioned about Alex Johnson. And he's equaled the league's try-scoring record for two or more tries in a game. And he's now scored for two or, uh, two or more tries for five games in a row. And he's equaled that record. Wow. Well. Um, he shared the record with Semi Rad Rara. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Semi Rad Rara, 2015. Ray Preston, 1954. Jack Lindwall in 1940. That doesn't count. What you in the war? And Dave Brown in 1935. Who, who, in fact, for Eastern Suburbs, scored 22 tries in those five games. Bloody hell. <laughs> They must have been playing the Bulldogs and the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on to Super League uh, in a while with the quick review. But uh, one of his stats is that uh, Catalan Dragons have recorded their eighth consecutive win in Super League for the first time since their induction to the league in 2006. Right. Looking the real deal, we keep saying it. They are. Yeah, indeed. So, eight games in a row they've won. 
Okay. And now uh, we did ask him, didn't we, to come up with some Challenge Cup final stats, a couple of those. Yes. Um, so this one's, well, it's not a Challenge Cup final, but it, it's sort of. Um, so Saturday is the first time that St. Helens have played Castleford in the Challenge Cup final. And in fact, the team has only ever met in one major final, which was back in 1965 in the Floodlit Trophy. Do you know who won? No, I don't. Castleford. Right. 4-0. 4-0. Two penalties. Wow. There you go. But um, the next stat is the two sides have also met uh, 14 previous times in the Challenge Cup with Saint winning eight games and Castleford winning six. Castleford are the last team from Yorkshire to beat Saints in the Cup. However, Saints had the last win between the two sides in the Cup back in 2018. Right. Was that when Ben Barber went? I think went he had the a field storm and, and yeah. in that game, yeah. I remember, that, I remember it being on... I think uh, and I think when, grandstand in when, the afternoon and yeah, yeah when Cass beat Saints they beat him about fifty points to twelve is it the year before they? yeah yeah I think you're right and the last one is uh, this thirty four players on duty okay do you know how many how many of those players have won the Challenge Cup previously um two yes do you know who they are yes go on then Liam Watts yeah James Roby so Roby's won it three times. Yes. Watts has won it twice. Yeah. Uh, for Hull and Roby uh, in six, seven, and eight, obviously uh, still for Saints. Mm. Um, so out of 34 players, only two have won it before. Mm. You would have thought there was one or two more knocking about that. You would. Especially had, for Saints, maybe. That had come in from other clubs. And yeah, that, yeah, but obviously with them not having won it in such a long time. Yeah. There you go. And that was... <laughs> It's Bobby's Stats of the Week. Right. You're doing well there, actually. It was okay, that. Yeah, it was good, that. Yeah, so, um, Super League over the last seven days. Um, I, do you know, I'm struggling to keep up now with what fixtures uh, we've lost. We've lost Hull and Lee. We've lost Hull KR and Warrington. And then yesterday we lost this week's Hull Derby, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, uh, I'm struggling to keep up with these. Uh, with the, it seems to have come all at once now. We didn't get a fixture postponed for the first probably about ten weeks of the competition or something, and now we, we, we've we're running it well. We're definitely in double figures. We're in the teens somewhere now. I think. What I can't understand is how it's so rife in Super League yet Championship and, and League One things. They, they're not being called off, and yet most of them blokes work a, a second job as well. Yeah. Um, but I know there's been there's been calls from especially I think Liam Watts to stop testing um, healthy players. Yes, um, that's his views on it. Um, but the way the, the the games are going, it it looks like they're in serious um, doubt to even get the league finished at this rate. As was um, the rugby league World Cup. Yeah, which. Um, has come out today and said it's going ahead, but then Australia are saying that they're not sure whether they're going to let their players fly over and they're still making a decision pretty much, aren't they? Well, I'd read this morning that the, that the Rugby League World Cup had agreed to foot the bill for chartered flights and things Yeah. Um, for Australia. Yeah. Um, but you, you're right. I mean, 
So what if Australia don't come? Is the World Cup off, or does it go ahead without Australia? I'd just play it without them. International Rugby League doesn't centre around Australia and what they do or don't want to do. In 20 years' time, the records will show who won it. Exactly. It's a little bit like, um, I remember when there was boycotts of the Olympics mm. in 1980. Um, America boy, boycotted the um, uh, the Moscow Olympics. Yeah. Uh, and then in 84 was uh, the reverse and there was a, there was a big uh, a big Soviet boycott then. I would just play it without them if they don't want to come. Fine. Well, well that well the people who won the gold medals in those Olympics aren't saying, oh well I only won it because such a body won there, are they? Yeah, exactly. We might win it then. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because we probably have a better chance of winning it. I just don't think that we should bow down to them mm. and what they want to do or or not do. Yeah. I think it's got a little bit to run yet, this story, hasn't it? Yeah, like I say, I think it only really just developed today, so I'd be surprised if they didn't come over. I think <clears throat> the other thing that I read as well was that the, our government uh, were quite heavily trying to influence it going ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um even though I can't see mem- current members of the cabinet being uh, great rugby league fans, to be honest. No, um, but I think John Dutton's got his hands full, hasn't he? Yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And if it goes ahead, he should get all the credit in the world. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. So, uh, any other bits of news before we move on to the re- uh, the review? Um, Not really. I was I was a bit... There was one thing I was quite disappointed in, um, and that was the Wigan and Huddersfield game. Not the game itself, um, but it was on YouTube for free. Did you know that? Uh, only because only because I read it through six again, and you made a, a big point of the, the, the viewing figures, quite rightly highlighting them. Which is what I saw, but that was the only thing that I saw. If you hadn't have done that making a big point of it, I wouldn't have had a clue. So why don't people know? Where's the promotion for exactly. that? Where's well, the... that's the question, isn't it? Where's the promotion? I think at one point there was like 500 viewers. Like, that's rubbish. Yeah. It's free. And where will the promote? I mean, I do worry about the promotion for the World Cup as well. Yeah, I do. If I hadn't have been on, on Twitter at that moment in time, I wouldn't have seen it. No. Uh, I agree, and that's one of the real, real problems that we have, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that was just one thing I was um, pretty disappointed about. Um, and the only other thing that I've got is um, NRL-related. And obviously the ha- they are relocating um, every team to Queensland. Okay. To carry on to playing. Carry on the league, right. And I know there's a few players not happy, <clears throat> happy about it. I thought, um, I think John Johnson was interviewed after the Sharks game and I think it was the first time he did it and he looked stunned and said, really? I didn't really want to do it, but at the same time, you know, this is our job and <laughs> if that's what we've got to do to, to keep it going, that's what we've got to do. Mm. I think he's quite keen on taking it to New Zealand. Mm. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah, I've seen lots of things about that. Yeah. But the, um, anyway, the team relocations um, are going to the Sunshine Coast Hub, uh, the Roosters, the Panthers, the Knights and the Seagulls, Brisbane Hub, 
the dragons, the sharks, and the tigers. And going to the Gold Coast are the eels, the bulldogs, the rabbit o's, the raiders, and the warriors. Right. Okay. Um, and and that's really all there is to say about that and the bits of news that I've got. I bet Dave Taylor's gutted that he's still not playing. If he could have gone to the Gold Coast hub. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I would be. I'd be if I was on there. Now, them three, that's the place I'd want to go. Yeah, dead right. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Um, look at uh, there's only again four results to look at. Um, Wakefield fourteen, Saints thirty. Uh, a lot closer than that. That scoreline suggests this game. Yeah, and obviously Wakefield have been, have been playing well, and I think I've been pushing teams and, and come up with a couple of wins. Um, and, and do seem to be on the up in general. Um, and I couldn't make my mind up whether it was, I think it's a combination of that or um, Saints really just trying to get through without any injuries or anything, um, you know, for, for Wembley week now. Um, yeah, Wakefield came back and, and made it really close and then Saints got a couple of late tries, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I think Tommy Makinson went over right on the Utah, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, which again just made it look a, a lot of things, but... I think credit to Wakefield on that one. To be honest, I think they, I think they played some good stuff, and yeah, um, perhaps could have even got closer or in front when they had chances. Yeah, I think from a Saints' point of view, I think um, Mark Percival's looking sharpish again um, and finding a bit of form. Um, Matty, his, and Matty Lee's and came Matty back Lee's after came about back. 10 That's weeks, right. Think, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but with regards Percival, because he's he's <laughs> dangerous whenever he gets the ball and always sort of pokes his nose through, make half break. And, break you know and and that's great that, and that's got to be great for England going forward for the World Cup I think as well yeah definitely um so yeah yeah okay uh Leeds 18 Catalans 26 and a and, and an excellent second half display from the Dragons yeah really good James Maloney and his hand in everything didn't he yeah so much so that he, he caught the attention of Phil Gould on Twitter oh did um, he yeah um, that what a you know what a what a player and although uh, I thought he was retired. If you if you if you've left the NRL, you're retired, aren't you? Um, a lot of the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say, Leeds got off to a good start in this, uh, and I think I think it was about eighteen six, something like that, and they broke away near the line and passed it inside, and Luke Gale knocked on. Yes, and I'm thinking that. To me, I think that was a real game changer because at that point, that could have been 24-6 yeah. at half-time or just after half-time, whichever. Yeah. I think it was half-time. And then you're thinking, Ooh, that's a big deficit to come in. And I, I think that was a massive game changer, that. Yeah, I, I think agree. if he'd have took that, the game over. I, I think Leeds would have been... Um, I think Leeds would would have... Not home and dry, but I don't think Catalans would have come back. Yeah, I think playing three games in 10 days or whatever it was has, has caught up with them a little bit as yeah, well, probably. I, I think so, um, yeah. But, you know, credit to, to Catalan for coming back and coming away with the yeah the win. Um, Wigan 16, Huddersfield 12. The drought is over for Wigan, but just... On a, I thought, what was a very dubious forward pass call... Um, right towards the end, obviously Huddersfield went. Uh, what was that for the Huddersfield for the drive? It was right on the Hooter, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. It was right on the Hooter, and they went in in the corner, didn't they? I think it was in his senior, I think, that went in. That's right, and I, I didn't think it was forward personally. Um, I, I, even watching it again today from the, the angles that it was showing, 
on the video I saw, I didn't think it was forward, and I thought Ash. Wigan were lucky Fortunate. to yeah. um, come away with a win there in the end. But they'll be glad that they've stopped that that five game. Oh yeah, they'll be happy. Rot. You know, uh, you know they'll be happy that they stopped the rot. But again, I don't think they played particularly well, did they? No, and I think with them as well, I think. The, you know they've had a lot of things about injuries and things like that, but I do think there's something deeper than that within the within the club. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. We'll watch that space. And the last game we've left to last because obviously it impacts on or does it in this week? Uh, this week coming Castleford eighteen, Salford seventy. That's seven zero for Salford seventy. Which is just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, um, a lot of academy products out, didn't they? Well, I think I, this just goes to prove the point, doesn't it? That, and I think you said it the other week. You can't just throw academy players into, uh, you know, a Super League game and, and play them against seasoned professionals and expect no. You know, it's not good. It does more damage than good. No. So, and also, I think on that one as well, I can understand Daryl uh, Powell's point of view there because if anyone gets. Uh, head knocks or anything, they won't be able to play, which seems bizarre I to me. I thought that was weird that they weren't playing on Friday with Saints. Yeah. Because if somebody had got a head knock, like you said, it, at least that clears them. And why should one of the finalists have 48 hours extra rest? I, I don't understand it somehow. But No, so he's probably done the right thing in resting a lot of players there anyway. Yeah, okay. Still three Super League games this week as well, which which I find, I, I, I understand why, I suppose, in this current climate, but usually... Challenge Cup final stands on its home with no other um, opposition, if you like. No, well, at least um, they haven't been ridiculously silly and put them on Saturday. No, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Catalan versus Leeds, uh, same as last week, but a reverse fixture. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, will Catalan make it nine? Uh, yeah, being at home, yeah, I would have thought okay. so. Salford-Wakefield? Um, I, I think, depending what Knox... Wakefield come away with they've got a big issue at nine, haven't they? I think Liam Kay had to slot in at nine against St. Ellen's. Yeah. Um, um from what I heard, did quite well to be honest. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It could go. I feel like that one could go either way depending on on what yeah. Wakefield's yeah. situation is. But I'm going to say Wakefield. Agree. And then another reverse fixture: Huddersfield and Wigan. Right. Um. <laughs> If you look at last week, that could go either that way. Could as well. go, that definitely could go either way, yeah. So we shall see. And also Friday night, um, if anyone if anyone's going down to Wembley early, there's that traditional game on Friday night, London Scholars uh, at home to Doncaster. And they always make a big deal of it, don't they? And a big fuss about that that game, London Scholars, and, and quite, you know, great great initiative. Good luck to them there. Yeah, very yeah, it's smart play, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um so obviously if you are going down to Wembley on Friday. Get yourself down to London Scholars. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, well, that wraps up the weekly business. Uh, We're going to move on to Wembley now, aren't we? We are. And joining us on the line now is our resident Saints correspondent, Gray. Gray, how are you? Hello, both. Very well, thank you. Welcome, Gray. Great to talk to you again and have you on. Um, And... What an occasion to to come on back to! Yeah, I think we um, I think we need it as well, don't we? Yeah, definitely. We've had um, we've been saying over the last couple of weeks on the pod. I mean, there's been so much negativity, but we've we're, we're buzzing tonight because um, for me, the, the Challenge Cup weekend and the Challenge Cup itself is uh, uh, for me. I think it, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I, I love it, and so does Callum. But, yeah, I think it's. Um... I, I think we've I think we've um, seen in the last <clears throat> maybe ten twenty years 
um, some kind of attempts by some people to try and dilute the importance of the cup. But um, I, I think it's a really good thing. I think it's, I think this year could be really good for the cup because it's the first thing that's happening, first major thing that's happening since um, fans have been allowed into grounds properly. I mean, there's been small crowds, but it's the first big crowd that rugby league's had in the country for well, the best part of what, 18 months, 16 months. So I think it could be a real shot in the arm for the cup this year for this to be at the time it's at. Definitely. And I hope as well, I hope what that does is give it um, a real kickstart to um, for the last couple of years have struggled with the bigger crowds. I mean, when, it, when we've had 50, 55, 60,000, and I hope that this might give it the, um, you know, that sort of like when everybody used to pile down for the weekend, no matter who was there and that, that yeah. sort of thing for the, a weekend for the neutral and I really hope that, that this weekend gives that the kickstart for future years then to get um, full houses for Cup. Because, I mean, you look at old YouTube videos and things like that of earlier rounds and grounds are absolutely packed out, aren't they, for Challenge Cup matches? Yeah, there used to be a, there used to be a thing. We'll probably remember this when we were young, but season ticket culture wasn't really that big. So you'd pick and choose your games. And the games that most people would pick would be the cup games. So you might get kind of six or 7,000 at a league game. And the cup weekends, you'd get 12, 13. Everyone would pile to wherever it was for the semi-final. Everyone would go to the final. Now it's a bit different. Everyone has the season tickets and goes to the league games. And they don't want to pay a little bit more for the cup games. I think that's something that rugby league could look into to try and change that. Because um, they are the most important games of the season up to the playoffs, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you still believe that, Gray? Do you still? Where do you see the importance of the Challenge Cup to rugby league? Oh, I mean, uh, it was always the thing, wasn't it? When when you and I were growing up, it was getting to Wembley. Was it was on a par with winning the league? It was it was the big day. A bit like in football back in the day, where the cup final was the only game that was on TV. To be in the cup final, you'd be more famous if you scored a winning try or a winning goal in the cup final than you would be if you'd scored 35 tries or 35 goals in a league title winning season. Yeah. Cup finals made superstars. And, and all the Australians that came over in the 80s and afterwards, they never dreamed about winning the league. They wanted to win the cup final. They wanted to play at Wembley. Um, that's been diluted now, obviously. I mean, the origin and grand finals are huge in Australia. And we've got a grand final here, which I think is the ultimate aim of players and coaches and fans. But the cup should still be there, if not equal to the league, then just below it. And yeah. you know, and, and and all the clubs take it seriously. That's the difference between the Challenge Cup and the FA Cup. I think all the yeah. clubs take it seriously. They always play their best teams. Everyone wants to win it. Yeah. And you know, when there's only two things to win, it would be it would be silly for the second most important thing or the joint most important thing to be diminished. And I'm 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 really hopeful that we'll see a revitalization of it starting on Saturday. Yeah, dead right. I mean. Just you, I just pick up on something that you said. Then you talked about um, uh, Australians wanting to play at Wembley. I remember years ago when um, Australians used to come over on short-term contracts. Clubs mm-hmm. would fly them back in, wouldn't they, if they got to Wembley? They'd, they'd, they'd make special deals, wouldn't they, with their Australian counterparts and and fly them specially in for one more match after they'd gone home, wouldn't they? Well, we, the Saints did it. In- <laughs> Famously, in '89, when um, we brought Vaughton and O'Connor back, um, which wasn't the wisest move. They both had absolutely stinkers at Wembley. But I remember it was you, you go, you think back about the differences in the game. I remember um, Peter Sterling was at Hull '85. He stayed at Hull, played in the Cup final. He didn't start the uh, I was going to say the NRL, the um, New South Wales Rugby League competition until like a month or two into their season because they wanted to stay in England and play in a Cup final and finish the season. Um, yeah, it was it was a big big deal. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, yeah, I think Alex Wormsley came out earlier in the year, didn't he? And, and I think he stated one of the reasons he didn't go to the NRL was because he wanted to play. He wanted to win the Challenge Cup, which right? which made me smile because yeah. I was like, good. Cause wow, yeah. That's that's how I'd feel. Yeah. When when I played a couple of years ago and we we won our um, amateur cup, didn't we? The cup final. We played at Blackbrook. When you broke your ribs. Yeah. When yeah. I got hit with a late shot, <laughs> that would have been a three-game ban. Only whoever got that, yeah. What made it worse is it was it's on YouTube. Yeah, but you can see the bloke absolutely stare me out. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, what do you make of um, Saints' current form coming into this week? Because I know they've been winning, but there has been cries, haven't they? That they have they've been winning, but not playing very well. Um. I think you could probably say that for probably the last couple of months of last season and all of this season, really. It's a it's a winning formula, no doubt. It's not exciting. I think we're probably one of the most boring teams in the league, but um, my, my argument's always been that we can be better than we are because we've got a good team. We don't need to play so defensively to win games, in my opinion. But it's hard to argue against it if it's winning games. I mean, the, the point I would like to raise is that you know Saturday is different it's a cup game I don't, I don't care how we play as long as we win the cup I didn't care how we played in the semi-final as long as we won and got to Wembley yeah during the league round I, I think we can be a little bit more creative I think we can try a few more things we, we can we can afford to take more risks in league games because we'll generally win most games anyway and if we don't it's not going to cost us too much on cup weekends it's all about the result obviously mm-hmm. I mean if you look at it on paper, our form's really, really good. We're winning loads of games. We don't lose too many. Our defence is really good. If you look at the games more closely on a week-to-week basis, I mean, we're not a we're not an exciting team. We're really, really good defensively. We work so hard defensively. We really put a shift in. But we're predictable and quite dull attacking-wise. But we've just got really good players. Mm-hmm. And even when, even when we're boring, we can win games because the few times that we get real possession and get real impetus in the game we, we will we will tend to score because we just have good enough players to beat most teams in the league but i'm certainly not enthused or excited by the way we play most weeks no you mentioned there about um good player which obviously saints have got um one good player that looks like he's going to be missing for weekend is siona Matautia. um what what do you make of the disciplinary decision there gray well, I think he. I think he's been done really because there were two charges. I think. Um, I think Saints are going to appeal it. Um, yeah, I think they're doing when, it as we speak now, aren't they? I think. If you're if you're appealing two things, you may get one of them, but I don't think you're going to get both. I just think it was. The, I think it's the fact that there were two charges, weren't there, against him? I mean, the high tackle and the other one. I, I I just think it's accumulation. If you do one, you might not. You might not get done for it, but. You know, there was a conversation I was reading the other day about how, you know, back in the day, you, your ban would basically go up until the week before Wembley because they wanted um, they wanted players to play in the showpiece event, yeah. and yeah. some other people were saying, you know, what a what a what a branding opportunity it would be for the two brothers to line up against each other at Wembley, and that's now gone. But you know, end of the day, I mean, if, if he, he's been he's been done twice in the same game, he, he is probably going to get done. And and you know, the two games I think has been done so that it doesn't look like he's just got one. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a case for those games being league games and and having people free to play in the the final? Oh, definitely. It's a different competition, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I think they will. Um, 
I think they used to do it in other sports where you you know your your football league ban or your FA ban. Mm. Yeah, I, I would I would say some the stuff that you do in a regular season game in Super League should have an impact on the other games in Super League and your cup games should be different. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's a different intensity, isn't it? It's a different game. It's a different intensity. Yeah, and, and I think it's a shame for what I would call a minor infringement. I mean, if it's something where he's got a an eight-game ban, and it's something that he's Stuck got a his grade. finger up someone's bum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got like, you know, if it's yeah. a majoring thing where he's got a grade, you know, C, D, E, F charge or whatever. But if he's if he's got a grade A charge that's, that's you know, it's, te- it's technicality sometimes where, you know, you'd think if they, if they did that, you'd be able to hold that ban to, to a league game unless it's, unless it's a you know, a serious violent conduct thing. But, yeah. So don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the ban is is warranted in any way, but I, I just think I, I don't think Saints have got much of a chance. I mean, we'll, we might be proven wrong when people listen to this in a day or two, and you know Graham's completely wrong. But I don't think they've got much chance of them getting both revoked, maybe one, but not the two. Yeah. Mm. Um. Not won the cup since two thousand eight. Do you think it'll change this year? Is there a hoodoo over <sighs> since then? I'd like to think not, just because of who we're playing. And I think um, there was the there was the thing with the grand final, wasn't there? There was a bit of a there was a bit of an issue of us not being able to get back to the grand final, and we played Warrington and we played Leeds, and then we finally got there. And, and I think the fact that we played Salford meant that there wasn't as much pressure on us as there would have been if we'd have been playing Wigan or Warrington, yeah. Yeah. and that got that little kind of um, issue out of the way in terms of mentally for the players, because I think that was a mental issue as well. Mm. We'd, be, we'd been so good in the league and we hadn't won the grand final I think the fact that we're playing Castleford will make it easier for us if we were playing Warrington on Saturday I, I wouldn't be confident at all yeah. <laughs> if we were playing um, if we were playing Catalan I think it's a 50-50 game I, I think you know Cast can beat us no problems at all but I think the fact that we're not playing one of the the kind of giants of the game that we have a kind of a big rivalry with and a mental issue I think will really help us I think it will be there'll be a less pressure on us than it would have been hopefully I mean, it looks as though Cass have put all their eggs in one basket, doesn't it, for the, for this game and this competition? Strangely do, so, yeah. Do you, do you think they've been playing a little bit of hide-and-seek over the last three or four weeks? It's hard to say. I mean, it looks that way, but I mean, I've got no proof, so I'm not going to have a go at them. I, I find it really weird that they've done this because, you know, if, if top six make the playoffs, and, and it's such a weird league this year, I mean, I, I can't believe that they're actually even thinking that they can't finish sixth, yeah. mm. given the given the, the mediocrity that exists probably below the below, that. Yeah. below yeah. the top two or three this year. Everyone's much of a muchness, and they can easily finish in the top six and then go on a, go on a run for two or three weeks. So, but, you know, as we were saying at the beginning, you know, the, the, the cup is a big thing, and if you're in the final, it's going to take precedence over everything else. I... I it it could backfire on them. I mean, if they have been kind of doing anything that you would suggest was a little bit naughty, it might backfire on them. I remember loads of times when Saints have finished first and we've won our semi final in the grand final, had a week off, mm. and we've come we've come into the grand final looking really undercooked. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. It, it, it can sometimes be really good if you kind of battle hard and then you kind of you you just get you getting used to that playing at the end of every week. It's just a habit. Yeah, and they've not had that yeah. now for three weeks. No, that's right. And sometimes momentum carries you through, doesn't it? To to the uh, the back end of the bigger games. Yeah, um, especially in the last twenty minutes of the game. I mean, if they they've not, you know, you can be fit. I mean, they're all they're all fit lads, but last yeah. twenty minutes of a game on a hot day it might be hot in London on Saturday. 
That might get to them if they've not played a game for a few weeks. Yeah. Particularly in that game where where team where you you you, lo- uh, you use a lot of nervous energy in that sort of environment, oh. cup finals and things, yeah, which yeah. then can take its toll physically. Yeah. Um, one one area that I want to I want to talk about. I mean, there's jewels all over the pitch, but the one that stands out, Gray, um, for us uh, is uh, Roby versus McShane. Yeah. Um... You know, you, you know what you're going to get from McShane. He's a really consistent player. Um, I would, I would, if I was a Cavs fan, I'd like to think that he is, he is looking at this game as a real kind of Sean Wayne, look at me kind of thing. I can do this on the biggest, biggest occasion. I think he's, he'll, he'll be looking at that as a real kind of, you know, shot window opportunity for him to prove that he can do it on the biggest stage and against Roby as well. Um, I think McShane will have a good game. Um, I think he's got a lot to. Lots of gain from having a good game, other than obviously his team winning. Um, Roby, do, do you two think he'll go again next year? Do you think he'll go around again, or do you think this is his last year? Because he's there's been a definite kind of a decline from very, 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 very good, but it, there's been a decline this year in Roby, I think. And you know, I, I don't think I don't think Saints hopes hinge on Roby, to be honest. No. Um... To me, it looks like he has slowed down a lot over the last 12, 18 months or so. I think he might do one more year, and I think that's only because Saints seem to be losing players here, there, and everywhere at the minute, don't they? Um, yeah. There's rumours for Nagama leaving now, going back to Australia. Coots obviously leaving. Uh, Farge, George's field is still being thrown about. So I, I, I think um, with the amount of players that might be leaving, um, I think he might do one more year. They might even bring somebody in um and, and Roby do do reduce minutes but I am um, I'm yeah. not so sure. I think he but I think he might do one more year either way. I think it's a good point. But I do I also think as well on the flip side of that, if Saints were to win the Challenge Cup and then possibly follow that up with a with a grand final win. He himself might that go. there's there's no if you like better time to go out and I think he might go out on that note but yeah I'd say is it it'd be uh, it'd be interesting for the for the rest of the team. Uh, for the rest of the season, sorry. Yeah, they they could um they they could um they could make him a mentor, couldn't they? They could um pay him a quarter of a million a year and make him a mentor and stuff, and then he could maybe play a couple of games if there's an injury crisis. I don't know. And then stay voluntary in St. Helens for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's a new idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so. What do you see um, the team selection being? Because obviously there's 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 been a couple of knocks on there, especially to like Mark Percival and stuff like that, which has seen uh, players like Jack Wells be come in and, and slot in wherever. And to be fair yeah. to him, he's done really really well in the centre. I've thought when I've seen him, um, and then they've, they've had you know Lewis Dodd on the bench a lot of the times. And let's assume that Matauti is out. Yeah, and, and Matauti is out. So who, who, who do you see lining up for Saints? I think it's one to seven if Percival's fit. I think it kind of picks itself. I think he goes, um, obviously, Coot, Makinson, Nagama, Percival, Grace, Lomax. Um, I don't know if Farge is fully fit, but I think I think Farge plays if he's fit, and I think all indications are that he will play. Um, the other prop other than Wormsley is, is, is an intriguing one. Does he start with LMS or does Lees get the start? Um, Bachelor will probably partner Thompson in the second row if um, if the ban holds up. Knowles at thirteen. There's been a couple of people saying maybe he might move um, Knowles into the second row and play Wellsby at thirteen, but 
I think Wolves quite. I think Wolves quite consistent in who he wants to pick on the the big occasion. I think Wellesby's going to be coming off the bench yeah. with um, hopefully um, a second row and a couple of props. I think I think the team kind of picks itself. I don't necessarily think that's the team that he should pick, but um, I, th- I think he's quite consistent in who he picks for these kind of big games. He likes it quite solid down the middle, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you think Matty Lees will make the squad then, make the bench? Yeah, from everything I've from everything I've heard, yeah, I, I don't think he starts. I think he comes on for a couple of spells. I think probably LMS starts at prop, from what I've heard. Mm, yeah, and um, almost finally, great. Where do you see the game being won and lost for Saints? Um, the first, well. As I said to you earlier on, you look at the semi-final cast played against Warrington and they threw the ball out wide quite early in sets and they got a load of joy. And if they try that early against Saints, I think it's very much dependent on whether kind of Saints react to that and defend the wide areas quite well. We all know what Saints are going to do. We all know how they're going to play, um, depending on the weather, whether, whether Saints kind of wouldn't say predictable, but kind of the grind that Saints like to do at the middle. If that works early on and they get lots of possession and lots of ball in the Cavs' half on a slightly wider pitch on a warm day, throw the ball wide, give Grayson Makinson a lot of ball, I think Saints win the game. If 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 Saints approach this like they've approached a lot of games where they think they can just outwork Cass up front and just play it down the middle, I think Saints might be in a little bit of trouble because I don't think they're going to outmatch Cass in the pack. And if Saints don't give the ball a bit of uh, Castleford certainly will. Um and if it's if it's close game going into fifty five, sixty minutes and Cast don't show tired legs because I'm not playing in the last three weeks, then I think it could be quite a bit of a nerve wracking game. But if Saints get on top first twenty, thirty minutes, I think Saints win by twelve, fifteen, sixteen points. Okay. Okay. And finally, Gray, can we get a prediction out here? That's, that's without the that's without the ifs and buts of the of that we might win whatever we want a solid prediction to finish off your stint here or tonight. It'll be like most other Saints games. Um, Saints will play quite predictably and quite boring, and they'll win by about twelve points. So I'm going to say twenty six fourteen. Excellent, thank you. Great, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, um, and no doubt we will no doubt we'll speak again over the next few weeks. And if it is 26-14, then you will be coming back on next week, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Great, it's been a pleasure. Um, Good luck at Wembley, mate. Hope everything goes really well and you have a splendid day and a great weekend uh, watching the Challenge Cup final. You too. Speak soon, Bob. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Some interesting points, uh, Callum, from Gray. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Always nice to talk to Gray. It is. But somebody else it'll be nice to talk to as well uh, from the world of Twitter uh, who runs a fantastic account, which is uh, sometimes comedy gold um, and sometimes just digging just digging people out of other fans, which is which is even more hilarious, which is great. And it's uh, uh, it's our friend Offbeat Rugby League. And now now Offbeat's going to remain anonymous because that's the way he wants his account to be uh, to be published. That's fine. So we're just going to call him Offbeat. Um, so good offbeat. Good evening. Hi there. Right now, before we go any further, we have had a few requests off uh, a few Castleford fans uh, because of your account. Is that the only way 
that we can introduce you because <laughs> of your constant promise of sending nude photos over Twitter. So we just promise say, or threats. Uh, well, let's say promise. We're being nice <laughs> at this point, aren't we? So let's let's say promise, and we're going to introduce you as the only way we could. Well, <laughs> I mean, jokes on you because I'm already naked. <laughs> 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 I like it. I like it. And I'm sure your followers will be delighted with that one. And, and you've just, sure just conjured up that image now. Have you just sat on the settee <laughs> at home, no clothes on, about to discuss the Challenge Cup final? Absolutely. Got to get in character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't do Skype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So I just want to, because you've not been on the pod before, um, I just want to... If I if I can, mate, just get your your own little journey in rugby league, and and perhaps your share us with us your you know some of your highlights and best moments that you've had over the years with rugby league. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been a cast fan since uh, the kind of early to mid two thousands. So best moments have been largely limited to the Daryl Powell era. Yeah. Um, in terms of kind of my upbringing with it. Um, I was I was introduced to Billy by my dad, who is a massive uh, Leeds Rhinos fan, um, along with kind of the rest of my family, kind of the, the black sheep in that that sort of way. So I guess that's um, kind of how I've kind of I guess developed a bit of a sense of humour around rugby league, and that I've always kind of uh, had been a bit of the punchline kind of in my own family for uh, for the team I support. Not that I I kind of see it that way. I mean, I've always been kind of uh, a great great love of mine. Um, in terms of best moments, I mean, it's kind of hard to overstate how much I've uh, appreciated um, the, the Daryl Powell kind of era that we're, we are coming towards the end of now and hoping that this can be kind of a big, a big kind of big final finish, big finish for him uh, coming up on Saturday. Uh, you've got things like, uh, I mean, thinking about games against St. Helens, we've had obviously the semi-final in, in 2017. There was um, Benny Roberts and I think it was 2015 or 2016 with a kind of a drop goal, last yeah, kick of the game. Right. It was a really odd drop goal, that one as well, wasn't it? It was it was from an angle. Yeah. He just sort of like, just, just banged it with his laces through the post, if I remember pretty, that one. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. We just, I think uh, Saints had a man in the bin and there was another man laid out injured. So we were kind of 13 against 11 and you can tell there's big gaps down down that edge. And uh, the broke through nearly actually gone over the try line for a, for a try and then with like seconds remaining, they're just hoofing the ball kind of towards the goal line and Benny Roberts has managed to slot it over oh. while he looks like he's about to fall over, which yeah. is, um, I mean, I've... I've very rarely known anything like it in a stadium and who, who knows hopefully with covid we'll we'll know it again soon but yeah that, i mean as a as kind of an individual moment that one's probably pretty hard to top to be honest with you yeah absolutely um if you if you were on skype you'd have seen callum give it a big a big intake of breath then and go ooh, when you said that like your dad was a leeds rhinos fan but now you're a cast fan oh yeah so uh yeah so yeah. i'm, I'm uh, a rhino I'm guessing. No, no. I'm no. guessing that I'm guessing, oh. like you. We're always anonymous, but, uh, okay. <laughs> but, we, but we're always. Uh, but we always say um, uh, we always say that uh, it's like there's that big rivalry in it that uh, with that. So we can imagine the sort of things that go on in your family there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's tense on a match day. Um, <laughs> we're we're both quite vocal uh, when we're when we're in the stands, or, or even just looking at the telly. Um, <laughs> there was there was a good match uh, a few years ago. I think uh, Kevin Sinfield got sent off for um, uh, GBH. I think it was, and uh, we we didn't speak to each other for about a day after that game. So, <laughs> I mean, we we kind of we're, we are always in good spirits. We never cause any arguments, and I think we're. You know, when I mean, I've had to get used to uh, losing, obviously being a cast fan, but we kind of we, we take it all in, in the spirit that it's intended. Yeah. So it's kind of it's good. I think, yeah, it's basically because the first rugby league game I ever watched was Cast Leeds semi final back in '99, and uh, I decided I liked the orange ones. Yeah, <laughs> as a as a naive six or seven year old. Fair enough. If only you knew what. If only you knew then what you know now. Yeah, I'd, I'd do it all again. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, so, how do you see the um, uh, the importance of the Challenge Cup now to rugby league? Because uh, it's had a bit of a bad press, hasn't it, over the last couple of years? But we've been just been saying on the recording, which which you'll hear, that how excited we are this week about about the Challenge Cup, and we we've always loved it, um, and it, it's just, but it just seems to have certainly become second fiddle to Super League, but. You know, it, it's it's just a, a marvellous occasion. But where, where do you see it in, in where it fits in rugby league nowadays? Uh, I think very, very similar to how you just described, really. I think, obviously, over my lifetime, I think it has played a bit second fiddle to Super League. But like I say, the occasion of it is... Um, I mean, there's only really the grand final that, that runs it close. But this is, you know, this is Wembley. This is the this is the national stadium. It's... Uh, it's huge, especially the way that the kind of the game suffered over the last twelve to eighteen months to actually be able to get fans back into Wembley uh, and hopefully make a, a slightly better account of ourselves than the uh, than the football lot just made. Um, yeah. it, it's it's it, it's massive, uh, especially kind of where the game's going and kind of the profiles of of some of the clubs, especially cast like uh, KR have just had their. Uh, the elite academy license revoked and given back, and it, it's kind of a chance to 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 show the league and kind of some of the fans that maybe doubt in some of the smaller clubs' um, stature, kind of of their ability to kind of raise the profile of the game. Yeah, uh, it's a chance to kind of show our kind of you know our place at the elite level, sort of thing. So for me, this is a this is a huge game and kind of a huge huge moment for for kind of cast as a club. And obviously, I'll keep mentioning Daryl Powell because yeah, it, it does kind of feel like his moment. Yeah, we'll, and we'll come on to that in a in, in a few minutes. But what did you make of the uh, the academy situation? Um, was there uh, was there locally was there were, was there a big outcry in Castleford around that decision? Yeah, he did just tell me I'm not allowed to swear, so I won't give him my full opinion. <laughs> but it wasn't positive, um, my opinion, and kind of certainly the people I spoke to, uh, it was largely bewilderment that kind of some of the kind of biggest kind of most prestigious clubs in the game were suddenly being treated like second class citizens yeah. and um, maybe not kind of being given the recognition they deserve I know certainly uh, Castleford that that round I think had 15 starters across the 12 clubs that have come out of their academy which is you know more, more than their fair share absolutely like yeah. if you you think you 13 would be a full team so yeah Absolutely. You know, so they're clearly doing a bit. I mean, and we've had, obviously, with COVID hitting us recently, we've had, you know, pretty much the entire uh, Castleford Primary School out, mm. it has felt like at times. So, you know, it's uh, it, for me, it was it was baffling, is, uh, is I think what I would call it. And then kind of the attitude uh, that uh, 
the head of the RFL. I can never remember how to properly say his surname, so I won't embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> uh, coming out and, you know, when the point was made about children crying and he was responding by saying that, well, there'll be, there'll be children crying anyway. It just it came across as quite a cold decision made yeah. mm. for money, essentially. And um, I know that in kind of the, the long term, I do kind of worry about, the, the kind of the long-term health of Castleford, kind of the way that just elite sport is going globally. But I think being kind of a game that just kind of follows the money and is all about kind of big cities and big franchises, it's never been where rugby league is. And, you know, maybe some people point to the fact that that's why it's dying. But at the same time, I am protective of my little corner of, uh, corner of the world. No, you're right. It's, it's always one of our favourite visits, isn't it, to be honest, Callum? Yeah, I think uh, a lot like, of people feel like that as well. Castleford. It's usually snowing. Yeah, but like, but it is not. We'll, we'll, we're all favorite. out the welcome. Yeah. <laughs> our warmest welcome, literally our warmest welcome. <laughs> well, you've just mentioned uh, COVID then, and obviously, there's been a couple of things, haven't there, with Cass? Obviously, they had the uh, the game um, called off against Saints. Have you played mm. as much as you would have liked coming in over the last few weeks, coming into the Challenge Cup final? No. no. Not at all, no. Um, even, I mean, the uh, the game against Salford that's just been, um, I think the only kind of benefit we can get out of that is the fact that some of the senior players who have been injured recently have had a good run out. Mm. Uh, so we had Millington, Chase Blair, uh, Senilla Faye was in, uh, Foster was in, he's had, a, I think, a couple of knocks recently as well. So it was it was good for them. Uh, but then there's lads like McShane and Truman and Gareth O'Brien, uh, Shenton, all them kind of guys, Matauti have been missing for a while, and they're you know crucial to how we how we attack essentially. And you know Cass's game, uh, I think since since uh, since uh, seventeen onwards has been kind of built more on defence, but it's always been about how we how we all click going forward mm. and trying to entertain and, and throwing the ball around. I, I do worry a little bit about them not having as much match practice as I'd liked. Yeah. Um, obviously, St. Helens have had a have had a couple of couple of good games with their first team out, so they've had a a couple of good run outs. So there is a there is a nagging little doubt in the back of my mind that maybe they'll just have a bit more match fresh, match freshness because of that, but. Yeah. A lot of the uh, I mean, a lot of the cast team won't have played since I think is it June the twenty fourth. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it was Wakefield. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we and that wasn't earlier. that wasn't a fluent performance. Go on, sorry. Sorry, no. Uh, we were saying earlier as well. Uh, we we couldn't really believe that they'd they'd played Cass um, on the Sunday, um, just purely Last because week, yeah. yeah because of the against Salford because of the this sort of like HIA situation and if somebody had picked up a head knock they wouldn't be ready for Wembley whereas Saints played on the the Friday and it seemed unfair that one they had 48 hours extra freshness and if somebody had picked up a head knock at St Helens they probably would have been okay for the the final on the Saturday yeah it's just St Helens though isn't it they get everything (laughs) (laughs) um one of the um uh one of the the big Jewels that we've, I mean, the jewels all over the pitches, and we and we said to Gray, but one of the uh, the jewels that stands out is uh, Roby versus McShane. Mm. Um, how, how how do you see that offbeat? Uh, McShane plays him off the park, um, off the way to on the way to a stunning eighty nil victory for Castleford, and Roby retires immediately afterwards. <laughs> a point a minute, excellent, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, I mean. 
I, obviously, I kind of you, you mentioned yesterday a couple of things to think about on Roby versus McShane came up there, and I, I kind of I stood looking at that one for a while, kind of where I fall on that one. I think obviously in his peak, and I'm not sure when Roby's prime's ever going to end. Um, it, it's James James Roby's one of the best hookers I've seen in Super League. I mean, he's been it's felt like he's been there throughout the entire time I've been watching Super League kind of properly. Yeah, and uh, he's he's very rarely ever put a foot wrong. Um, Apart from the game against Saints I mentioned in 2015 when he dropped the ball leading to Cass winning the game. Yeah. And I'll always be grateful to him for that. <laughs> and if you could create another moment for me on Saturday, I I will probably send him a, a birthday card next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, reminding him of all the, the joyous moments he's given me in my life. Brilliant. Well, two of them. Um, <laughs> but no, I think... I, I mean, at the moment, I think McShane is probably playing at a slightly better level than Roby, which feels kind of wrong to say just because it's James Roby. But I think McShane's kind of in that point where he is kind of everything to Castleford. And he's, I think he's enjoying that role where he is the focal point for everything. He's, he's the brains of the operation. He's most of the skill that comes through the operation as well. So um, I can't actually speak highly enough of Paul McShane. So I think at the moment, because uh, James Roby is about 57 now. I think Paul McShane is probably playing at a slightly higher level. As as we always say, he's older than Stanley Jean. As like, yeah. <laughs> that's always our line, isn't it? it? If anybody's, that's always, that's always our line, isn't it? If anybody getting on a bit, he's older than Stanley Jean. Like, <laughs> is he actually? No. No, Stanley Jean's <laughs> oh, about 105, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, you've um, me that you fully admit that. I took the bait and everything else. <laughs> So, um, with you. <laughs> one of the um, uh, one of the other things that we uh, that you've mentioned about Daryl Powell. I mean, I, I suppose Cass will be desperate, won't they, to send him off with a uh, with a trophy, a major trophy after everything he's done for the club. Yeah, um, I, I mean. Is, I mean, like I say, it's hard to overstate just how much he's done for Castleford. When he when he took over, the the club was, for want of a better word, an absolute shambles. Um, I mean, I can't I can't see us having done particularly much significant over the last decade if he hadn't have come in. Um, to the point where I even have slight fears that we'd have probably gone the way of witness and probably be in the the championship and looking at you know semi pro status so it can, be a fi- it can be a fine line that one can it it really it really can be and he came in and he changed some of these players like you know nathan massey and adam milner and ollie holmes who were just coming through daryl clark all just coming through at the time I mean, daryl clark was showing some kind of real talent at that time as well they all were but there was there was something missing there was there was kind of uh, a real drive and a real kind of belief that was completely absent throughout you know, all four walls of the ground whenever there was a game on and, you know, tackles would be missed far too easily. You know, they wouldn't get over the gain line even half as often as the other team. And it it was quite clear to see that there was just an attitude that was missing kind of throughout the entire club. And I think that's the big thing that he's done and he's come in and he's made us actually think, you know, actually we we should be at least a top half, if not a top four side, you know, year in, year out. And, We've got talent, and we've we've always kind of had this this academy that's that's throwing out incredible players, and it's just a it's just a case of now actually seeing ourselves in that way. And I think he's he's done that, um, and yeah, he's he completely turned the club around. Um, 
I, obviously, I know I know a lot of Rhinos fans who kind of obviously remember him from the days when he was coaching Leeds and he brought through. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I wasn't obviously responsible for for them completely, but he was kind of handing debuts to a lot of their golden generation at the time as well. Roughly and there was always, there, I think, yeah, yeah. There was there was often a feeling that he wouldn't be the right man to make, help them take that next step to kind of the the big things that Leeds went on to. And they've they've always had that same suspicion. Have uh, the certain Leeds fans that I know that actually Cass have got to a level, but with Darrell Powell, they'll never take that step to winning a major trophy. So it would be nice to win one, just so that I can rub it in each and every one of their faces that they know nothing about um, rugby league and the Cass of the Tigers, and they should not have an opinion about it anymore. Yeah, and I think what's always um, interesting as well, Callum, as well, is that that Darrell Powell's done it where. Um, Castleford have continuously lost what you consider to be major players, and yet they've, they've they've still managed to build every year, haven't they? Yeah, we we've said it in the past, haven't they? They've lost the likes of like um, Dennis Solomona, Rangi Chase, Luke Don, having retired, uh, Luke, Luke, Gale. Luke Gale, yeah, um, and just always found a way of replacing them, um, which I think is fantastic because I'm not quite sure many other clubs would have done it the way they have. No. No, Metallic yeah, yeah, at the, the turn- end of this year and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and Holmes as well. They had a turnover is sometimes frightening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, the the club, uh, bottom line, doesn't have the money to compete with the, the kind of the biggest uh, spenders in Super League. Uh, but it, it, it kind of, it does have the talent. So... Uh, it, like I say, it just took a man like Powell to kind of harness that and, uh, and like I say, change the attitude of the place and make it into... Uh, well, certainly make the home ground into a bit more of a fortress. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've never really liked that phrase particularly, but it, it is true, and he it, and it has, and he's made it a bit more, I think, a bit more intimidating for other teams to come to. I think everyone comes in the back of their minds not wanting to hear Sweet Caroline at the end, and I think that does yeah. that does play on fans' minds a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and obviously it gets us all kind of uh, raised up and kind of excited to go down to a game. So... Yeah, um, incredible. Best coach I've seen at Cass kind of while I've been supporting them for, what now, 22 years-ish. Okay. So can't speak highly enough of him. Very, very sad to see him go, and I wish him no success at all at Warrington. <laughs> okay. Well, if we move on to, um, if we move on to uh, the Challenge Cup itself, it's been a... Um... It's been a roller coaster ride, hasn't it, for uh, for Cass? I mean, they've had they've come through two golden point games, haven't they? To uh, uh, with two Gareth O'Brien drop goals to uh, help them yeah. get to this stage as well. Yeah, well, um, I, well, I mean, they, they, they shouldn't be here, all told. Really, the the comeback they did against Hull KR, which did result in me having to follow through on my threat of nudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um, I mean, I think what was it like thirty-two, eighteen with nine minutes left? Yeah, I mean, something like that, yeah. And then they suddenly all remembered how to hold on to a rugby ball. It was fantastic, and I, I kind of went turn because I, I, I'd clocked out mentally. I was watching and uh, furiously tweeting as I want to do after I've had a, uh, a, a drink or two, and um, I'd, I'd, I'd mentally checked out of it. Like I, I just I'd kiss goodbye to the cup run. Um, uh, even though I'd, I'd always had the hope in the back of my mind that we'd, we'd give Daryl a bit of a send off at Wembley, I just kind of just thought, well, you know, kind of, you know, you know sport and you, you don't really have fairy tale endings that sort of thing. So you know what it's done, and then suddenly they just they just became good. I had no idea where it came from, and I made a horrendously unintelligible noise when Jordan Turner scored, 
and that turned into, I think, physical pain for the 20 minutes of Golden Point. <laughs> so, and then again against Salford, um, I think I went through every emotion possible uh, that a human being can go through. Uh, sat watching that game, and um, me and uh, me and my girlfriend had a couple of pals around um, in that evening. And I kind of took myself off to watch rugby in a corner and the space they were giving me was, was getting bigger and bigger and bigger until I eventually just had the room to myself because yeah, I, yeah. I was clearly not able to contain myself. Good man. And then Moss yeah. scored, didn't he, in the last second, didn't he, to send it to Golden Point, didn't he? He did. And to be fair, it was a cracking finish. Yeah. I mean, took three of them over and then scored over his head. You can't begrudge him that at all. It was a, a, a great try uh, for a forward. Uh, but obviously the, the good guys won in the end, so that's the main thing. <laughs> Um, so on Saturday, um, obviously there's been. A, I know Cass have had a, a couple of injuries and a couple of players out. Um, so what yeah. do you see the the lineup being, and where do you see the Challenge Cup being won and lost? Um, it's always difficult to predict lineup because we've got quite a few players that can come in and out kind of interchangeably. Um, I'd expect kind of half back pairing to be Truman and O'Brien. Uh, Evels at the back, hopefully. Um, probably get the usual right edge back with guys like um, Blair, Metautia, all fits in. Obviously, Shenton coming back. Uh, I'm not so sure who we're going to have. Probably John Turner, left wing, I'd assume. Yeah. Um, McShane, Holmes, all them sort of people up front. Watts, McShane, Millington, I'd imagine, coming on the bench. Actually, Watts probably on the bench as well, thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so I just said I can't name the lineup, and there you go. There's 13 names right there. <laughs> so, um, Will Richardson miss out? Completely. I think he'll be on the bench. Right. Um, I I don't think the trust is there in Richardson. Um, have you been, have you been disappointed but, with him since he came from Saints? Yeah, um, I have to be honest with you. I think there was a there was a game a couple of weeks ago. I think it, well, it was the Wakefield game. I say a couple of weeks ago, the last time they played, <laughs> um, where you could kind of see the body language just wasn't there from him. Really, um, defensively, he'd kind of booked his ideas up, but he wasn't showing for the ball, particularly in attack, and you could kind of see that players were missing him out in their attacking moves. And, you know, for, for a cast halfback, is definitely unheard of in, in Powell's era because the, all the focus has been on the halfback pairings yeah. uh, basically since 2014. So I think it's it's quite clear to see that the trust from the stands isn't there is obviously being offered up to other clubs. And yeah. he, for me, he just he's always promised more than he's delivered. So... Um, you know, I kind of, I do wish him, I do wish him well. I do think he'll leave at the end of the year. Nothing kind of against him. I think he's, you know, done done whatever he can. But I don't know if he's just struggling mentally or or what, because you know he's a he's a very talented kid. Yeah. So I, I think he'll come back stronger for someone. Absolutely. Um, so where do you see the game being won and lost on Saturday? Um, I see the game being won by Castleford and lost by Saint Helens, and <laughs> I. It entirely depends on how kind of the halfbacks click. I think for Cass Truman and Truman and O'Brien, it's always kind of been been the centre of Powell's uh, Powell's um, tactics. I think obviously forwards are always crucial. They've got to lay the platform for them too. But I think between Truman and O'Brien, um, if they can click anywhere near like they did against Warrington, then I think going forward we'll be able to post. Uh, enough points uh, and then we've got to show the effort that we showed against Warrington certainly in that first half as well in defence where there was bas- basically just not just throwing themselves in aimlessly to tackles but there was that precision and the effort and 
it was kind of full force, full body. We we need this kind of attitude in defence. And I think I've always kind of kind of since we've got through that game against Salford, kind of seen it in them now in the in the cup in that there's that extra ten, fifteen percent in defence compared to the league in these cup games. And so if we can kind of bring all that then then we'll win. So what I basically said is if we defend well and attack well we'll win. How's that for analysis? <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I like, <laughs> it. I like it. Phil Phil Clark like in it that yeah, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so uh, last question. Last question, mate, and it's uh we want an exact score here. We want uh, a prediction for the for the final. Uh Gray had said uh twenty six fourteen for Saints. That's how he'd gone. What's your prediction? You know, it's funny. I was actually just thinking twenty-seven fourteen to Cass. Okay, so, yeah. so there we go. I'm thinking that Gareth O'Brien needs another drop goal, and uh, I need not to have a heart attack with it being close. So <laughs> there you go. So thirteen points with do with about five minutes to go. That that'd send, that'd be all right for you. Yeah, ideally fifty points with about sixty minutes to go, but oh, we really? can't have everything. No. <laughs> Listen, mate, you've been absolutely fantastic tonight. Thank you so much for coming on. No, um, thanks for having me. Uh, no worries at all. Uh, if people want to follow you, it's uh, Offbeat RL and it's at Bizarre uh, at Bizarre RL, isn't it? That's right, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why I did that. Um, um, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Either way, if they, ser- if they search either, if they put at Bizarre RL or they search Offbeat, search, offbeat RL, s- search the word Cass and nudes, and they'll find me. <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, you've been an absolute star. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, no, thank is, you. And as we said to Gray, if he does get the score right, if it is 27 14, um, then um, you will be coming back on next week uh, <laughs> just to give us lottery numbers and things, won't he? <laughs> just a gloat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. If, if they do win, don't ring me on Saturday because I will be horrendously drunk. All right, fair enough. No, that's right. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get you on again and we'll speak soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Absolutely fantastic. And we'll let you go and get some clothes on. (laughs) So, So, listen, mate, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, mate. It's been great. Yeah, thank you. Bye now. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Well, two contrasting views there. Um, Grace predicted Saints 24... uh, Sorry, 26-14 to Saints and offbeat... Castleford to win 27-14. And I think that just about wraps us up for this evening, doesn't it? Enjoy tonight. Thank you so much to our guests for coming on tonight. Yes. um, And if you're going down to Wembley or you're watching any of the Super League games, enjoy it and be safe when you're travelling. But I'm sure that those going down to Wembley will behave much better than the football fans did on Sunday. Absolutely. Um, But yes, thank you as always. And we shall see you next week. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Enjoy your rugby league.